RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. But as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy. Good evening, everyone. And, as always, welcome back to another edition of Red Pill News Live. I want to thank you all for being here. If you won't mind, please hit that like button as you're coming in, or the red pill if you're on pilled.net, P-I-L-L-E-D.net. Today we have a hybrid show for you. One of the stories has to do with... My good friend and political prisoner, Jacob Edward Lang. Jake is going to join us at the start of the program. We're going to be discussing both his Supreme Court case and the fact that the federal government has once again delayed his trial, this time indefinitely. As we found in cases surrounding the events of January 6th, all too often, the federal government is just fine not delivering on civil liberties or the right to a fair and speedy trial. On top of that, we're going to be discussing the ever-crumbling facade that is the Biden criminal regime. We've gotten new information about just who is going to be overseeing the Biden impeachment inquiry. We've also got new details about the criminal activity of Joe and Hunter Biden. And of course, the cover-up in the federal government at the hands of the deep state swamp rats. So do me a favor, sit back and relax, grab your popcorn, and I'll be right back after this with Jake Lang. Chances are pretty good that if you can hear my voice right now, you are probably feeling uncertain about your finances, and that is not a good feeling. But the thing is, you're not alone. I think a lot of us are. And this is one of the reasons why Noble Gold Investments is here to help. You can hear it from people who watch this program, people that they've already helped get their finances in shape, saying things like the Noble Gold crew walked me through everything. There was no stress or with their help, I can finally sleep easy at night. And now this month, Noble Gold Investments is handing out these free five ounce solid silver America, the beautiful coins with every qualifying IRA. Right now, you can invest in gold and silver with Noble Gold Investments by visiting their link at my special website. It's called redpill78gold.com. The link is in the description of this video. Just click it, redpill78gold.com. It'll take you straight to Noble Gold Investments because they're the only gold company I trust. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right. Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. I sincerely appreciate it. Appreciate everyone who has supported the program in the past, everyone who is currently supporting the program. And I got a little bit of mail today that I wanted to say thank you very much for. First of all, upcoming guest, 
author, Dr. Michael Schwartz. He's written this book entitled Fauci's Fiction. We're going to be talking about that in the coming weeks. So thank you very much, Dr. Schwartz. Can't wait to read it. And then also a birthday card with a donation from Esther G13. Esther says, happy birthday. You are a joy to watch. I want to thank you for all you do. I hope you had fun in Cocoa Beach. God bless. Sending love and warm hugs to you, Lisa, and all the little ones. Esther. Esther, thank you so much. I sincerely appreciate it. Thank you very much to everybody who's hanging out with us today. And uh, just to begin this program, we're going to be discussing, first of all, the situation surrounding the case of Jake Lang and his fellow January 6th political prisoners. So right now, Jake has filed a Supreme Court case uh, that will be addressing the prosecutorial overcharging of many of these men involved in these cases before the federal bench. So Jake is here today to discuss the specifics of this with us and also to discuss the delay once again, as well as the arrest of his star witness. Jake, are you with me? Can you hear me? Okay. And Jake, I'm not hearing anything on your end. Jake, uh, you know what? I think that might be the problem. Jake, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now, Zach. Okay, perfect. Excellent. Uh, So first of all, Jake, thank you so much for joining us once again. And I'm sorry it's under the circumstances that it is. Uh, But let's begin with uh, a brief description of your Supreme Court case. What exactly are you asking for and what kind of a timeline do you think we're looking at? Um, it's a, it's a perfect question because, you know, if you just read the Supreme court filing, me and my legal team did, we're the first January 16th to push, uh, the case up to Supreme court. It's for a specific charge. It's called obstruction of Congress, uh, 1512 charge. It's a 20 year maximum felony. I was charged with it. And now they just charged Donald Trump with it. Mm. So the plot thickens here so much. And really what we're looking for is for Congress to give us some clarity uh, sorry, Supreme Court to give us some clarity on exactly if the January Sixers and what we did on January 6th could be considered as corruptly um, trying to stop a, an official proceeding. And, you know, basically my judge, Judge uh, Carl Nichols, he said, no, it wasn't. He threw my charge out. Then the appellate division, they had a split decision, basically a 1-1-1 decision, one of the main justice there said, yes, they were. The, the middle justice sided with him, but also said, I could also be siding with the other side, uh, the other justice who um, basically uh, denied it. And so now we're in the Supreme Court. Um, the reason why this charge is so important is because it kind of maps out the, the American judicial system right now if we're going to allow the Democrats and Biden's regime and the FBI to abuse the law code, to obfuscate the law code, to weaponize the law code, and charge people with these ridiculous federal crimes um, that, you know, basically they're just weaponizing it against people. This, if it wasn't the 1512 that they'd use another obscure random law and charge hundreds of January Sixers and charge Donald Trump with it too. So mm. we're fighting more than just this one particular law code. This, this one statute, we're fighting against the weaponization of the law against conservatives and Christians and American patriots. 
Well, you know, and obviously I, I applaud you for what you're doing, and I think you're totally right. Uh, I think that it, they were just simply looking to abuse the code in any way that they could to try to throw the most ridiculous charges at you, at President Trump, uh, and then put everybody away uh, until basically they're just too old and feeble to do anything about it. So how does this case at the Supreme Court level affect your case at the federal level? So this is the bombshell uh, news reporting I guess I came on here today to talk to you about is that basically I've been detained 980 days so far without a trial, nearly three years. Um, And I've had my trial pushed back three separate times. January 9th of this year, I had a trial scheduled. That was pushed back to May 5th. That one was pushed back to October 10th. And then just this past Friday, I went to court and they pushed back my trial this time with no date. So I've been in, indefinitely detained here in D.C. jail, you know, the Jan 6 Patriot and the January 6 Patriot pod. Um, and the reason why, this is, there's a surreptitious reason why the Department of Justice has done this. Um, they want me to take a plea deal. They want to try to grind me down, break my resolve, and not let my case go to trial. And they want this so bad. Zach, that just two weeks ago, they arrested my star, less than two weeks ago, they arrested my star witness, Philip Anderson, the young black man's life who, you know, he claims I saved his life on January 6th. He has a a court sworn affidavit, um, my documentary, The Truth About January 6th, which is on j6truth.org, which I believe we did a streaming party here on your channel before, which is the number one viewed video ever on Rumble right now, over 2 million views. That shows me, you know, picking his limp uh, unconscious body up out of the dog pile of protesters that the Capitol Police created. He was holding Roseanne Boylan's hand as she died from being trampled and being pepper sprayed and, and she couldn't breathe and being beaten while she was on the ground by Lila Morris, a combination of those injuries. Philip Anderson was almost at the same exact state. He was near death. Um, he wasn't breathing. His eyes were rolled back. His tongue was hanging out of the side of his head. And I came and I was able to bear hug him uh, and get him out of the dog pile and tag him to the volunteer medics who saved his life. And so they want me to take a plea deal so bad. They're, they're arresting my witnesses, my star witness. I mean, just imagine this at trial. I'm up, you know, in front of a D.C. jury pool. In walks Philip Anderson, a young, strapping, handsome black guy. God bless him. And he tells the saddest story they could ever hear about how he was nearly killed by police brutality on the steps of our own Capitol building. And here comes this white uh, Jewish man, Messianic Jewish man, that comes and saves his life. And all of a sudden, the entire, you know, sway of the jury starts coming my way because of the emotional response to me saving, you know, this man's life. Um, And so they have now witness tampered, intimidated a witness, coerced, you know, basically trying to coerce me into taking a plea deal by pushing my trial out with an indefinite date and arresting my star witness. They may arrest my next star witness, the other man who did a court sworn affidavit, I saved his life, Tommy Tatum. So we're seeing never before, I mean, levels of corruption in the Department of Justice, the FBI, they're willing to go to any means necessary to make sure 
my case doesn't go to trial, to witness, you know, uh, mess with my witnesses, arrest my witnesses, push off my trial indefinitely. It's truly disgusting, Zach. No, it, it absolutely is. And I think that another aspect of this is not only do they want you to take a plea, but they want at least one January 6th defendant who will bend or rather break to the point that they speak up and say, you know, not only am I guilty, but I'm guilty because of what Donald Trump said. We all know that no one at the Capitol building who reacted in whatever way they did, did it at the behest of President Trump. But that would be the ultimate coup for this corrupt judicial system to get somebody to put the blame at President Trump's feet. And I'm sure you heard that they attempted to do the same with Enrique Terrio, who you what, have one minute who, remaining, who wasn't even in Washington, yes, D.C., yes, gave yes, him 22 years. Yes. It, incredible stuff. Jake, we've only got a minute left, I hear. So is there anything that you want to make sure you get to the audience before we get cut off? Yes, um, I definitely want to talk to the audience about a couple things. Actually, right now, um, as of about an hour and a half ago, Zach, some breaking news out of the D.C. Gulag. We are back on COVID lockdown, drug solitary confinement, no family visits, no legal visits, no religious services. They are treating us like human animal dogs right now, like we're in a zoo. I lived like this for 19, almost 20 months of my life in 23 hours a day inside a cell. I cannot believe that I'm back this way right now. Good Lord. The DC jail is on COVID lockdown. The, the, the January 6th pod, we are locked inside ourselves right now. People are going crazy in here. It's mm. not a good scene. Zach, um, wanted to call you back and give another update to the audience. Thank you for using Global Telling. All right. We've lost Jake. That is it for today. Obviously, he only gets... Very limited phone privileges, and they're doing everything in their power to make it as uncomfortable for him and the other defendants as possible. Please, just everyone continue to keep Jake in your prayers. Um, I saw that somebody in the chat was saying that America needs to revolt. America doesn't need to revolt. Uh, We can take back our nation without engaging in illegal, violent, or dangerous behavior. You know, our system was subverted in nonviolent means. And we can take back our system, we the people ruling this nation, because that is exactly what our founding fathers intended to do. So we're going to be following Jake's Supreme Court case uh, just as intently as we've followed the rest of all of these cases. Philip Anderson as well has been a guest on the program before. Uh, I'd like to get his thoughts. I don't know if he's even going to be able to speak now that he's been charged uh, after the FBI cleared him. But it's uh, obviously a message that's being sent out to the uh, anybody who was in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. It means that, you know, hey, you might think that you're safe. You might have not committed a crime, uh, but we're going to go ahead and come after you if it means that it's somehow going to benefit the traitors in the Justice Department. Now, we also have uh, another longer discussion that Brad and I are going to be having tonight about 9-11 on Altered State. As you know, we go over subjects or events in American history that have significantly altered the trajectory of our nation. I can't think of one uh, that may be bigger in the last 30 years than perhaps 9-11, maybe the stealing of the election in 2020. Uh, But we will be going over a series of videos which show some never-before-seen angles of the planes and the destruction 
on 9-11. And of course, as always, we'll be allowing you to make up your mind, but Brad and I will be presenting facts and discussing exactly what happened. So tonight will be my final show on 9-11 this week. I hope that you can join Brad and I tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and stick around throughout the entire thing because we have a lot of really great information to bring to you. Now, I also wanted to begin the show with a bit of good news. Earlier today, Mitt Romney, Utah senator, a card-carrying member of the deep state commie swamp rats, has announced that he will not be seeking re-election. I think that is great news for the people of Utah. That's certainly good news for the people of America because he will no longer be there in the Senate to screw the pooch anytime we need support. Hopefully, an America First candidate can go ahead and step in there and uh, gain the reins of power in Utah. Utah. Uh, So he said that, frankly, it's time for a new generation of leaders. I could have told you that years ago, Mitt. They're the ones that need to make the decisions that will shape the world they will be living in. Because, frankly, Mitt, the decisions that you and your ilk have made up until this point have put us in the position where people are now floundering, where the nation is failing, where things happen such as what we just discussed with Jake Lang. Not to mention the fact that Mitt is 76 years old. Uh, He is uh, a first-term senator, got elected back in 2018. Uh, He was also the 2012 nominee in the Republican Party for the president of the United States of America. I am proud to say I did not vote for Mitt Romney in 2012. Uh, And uh, as we saw, him stacked up next to Barack Obama. Barack Obama wiped the floor with him. Mitt was awkward. He was ill-prepared. He just did not seem to capture the spirit of what we needed in the White House. That was actually Ron Paul. Ron Paul would have been an incredible president, and uh, things could have been entirely different from what they are now. So let's go ahead and watch this video of Mitt Romney announcing that he's not going to be running again. You know, contrary to a lot of expectations, I enjoy my work in the Senate a good deal. The last few years have been particularly productive. (laughs) Patriot Franklin. He Romney let Obama win. He probably voted for Obama. I mean, he might as well have voted for Obama. (laughs) He was a terrible candidate. Oh, man. I remember thinking at the time, Mitt Romney, they're going to stack this wax statue, this Madame Toussaint's statue up against Barack Obama. Oh, my God. You know, by that point, I knew who Barack Obama was. I was like, this guy's got the entirety of the intelligence community at his back. Uh, He has the entirety of the Democrat apparatus. The Republicans at that time were no match for the cult of personality that was Barack Obama. As I was able to help lead and negotiate the bipartisan infrastructure law, a comprehensive China strategy process, religious liberty protections, a compromised gun safety law, the Electoral Account Act reform, and emergency COVID relief funding. All right. It sounds like a bunch of failures as far as I'm concerned. I'm not too impressed with your record, Mitt. And uh, I don't think the people of Utah are either. This is probably, in my estimation, the most important decision you've ever made in the entirety of your career, whether it was there in the Senate or in some other facet. Uh, Mitt Romney, thank you very much. Thank you for playing. F around. Find out. We're glad to have you on the way out. Now, 
President Trump earlier today posted this article from the American Spectator. It's a discussion about the commonplace practice of having competing slates of electors, something that happened in 2020 because many people believed and still believe that there was massive levels of fraud and that the true winner of the 2020 election was none other than Donald John Trump, the incumbent president. Of course, as a result of those competing slates of electors, some places throughout the country have used that as an opportunity to cast very serious charges on those who were involved. This is not a crime in the same way it's not a crime for Mark Meadows to send a text message or for someone to give somebody else a call and say, hey, I want to talk about election fraud. But when it comes to Fulton County, they are really grasping at straws. They say that Donald Trump's fake elector scheme is some sort of organized racketeering that allows them to engage in some cutting-edge conspiracy that Donald Trump was running from Mar-a-Lago. These fake electors, as they're called, were not truly fake electors. These were the electors that should have legally been allowed to cast their votes. So, As far as the Democrats are concerned, this is the first time it's happened in history. But if you go ahead and take a look back at the history, uh, the Congressional Research Service has discussed how to proceed when a state sends to Washington two separate slates of presidential electors. Why would they have a policy on how to deal with two presidential slates of electors. Well, because it happens quite often. I would I would be uh, uh, I would be shocked if it didn't happen far more than the Democrats are letting on. So they spelled out on December eighth, twenty twenty, in a thirteen page document which had the title "Counting Electoral Votes: An Overview of Procedures at the Joint Session." including objections by members of Congress. That, my friends, is what happened in 2020. Well, that was what was meant to happen uh, on January 6th. However, Mike Pence, rather than allowing any objections to go through, and because of the cowardice of those in Congress as a result of what happened outside Congress on January 6th, nobody objected. I mean, there were a couple people who objected, but it wasn't the overwhelming support of objections that President Trump needed to challenge the results of the election, to have an honest look taken, uh, and to have the, the true nature of the 2020 election presented to the American people. So uh, in this article, uh, the report includes an entire section about what to do if there are alternate electors that are sent. So the Democrats, again, have called them fake electors. The Congressional Research Service would call them alternate electors. These are simply another slate of electors that have been sent because the candidate who claims to have won or the candidate who claims to have lost doesn't believe it, and wants to make sure that there's an honest look. So in this report, they state, influenced by its historical experience prior to 1887, Congress was particularly concerned in the statute of 1887 with the case of two lists of electors and votes being presented to Congress from the same state. That tells me that we've got hundreds of years of precedence that 
President Trump and his co-defendants are going to be able to draw upon when they end up in court. It's not just the results of the 2020 election that are going to be adjudicated. It's going to be the legal and judicial precedence that's been set by cases in the past and the legislative precedence, as we see here. The idea of alternate electors was nothing new. The only thing that's new is the Democrats and the deep state trying to charge people for felonies for doing something that has been done many times in the past. So the law that they are stating in this report is the Electoral Count Act of 1887 and more specifically 3 U.S. Code 15. The other governing authority that would have something to say about this is the supreme law of the land. That would be the Constitution of the United States, Article 1, Section 1 of the United States Constitution and the 12th Amendment thereto. They add three different contingencies appear to be provided for the statute for two lists being presented. So in a simple form. First, between a state's two competing slates of electors, Congress must count the one most consistent with the state's laws on post-election challenges. But of course, as we know, since they stole the election and they weren't allowing any post-election challenges and to do so in 2023 is a felony, they didn't allow it to happen. So secondly, faced with two conflicting lists of electors, each endorsed by a separate state authority, perhaps one that's backed by Republicans and the other one that is backed by, I don't know, a Democrat state legislature. Uh, then the U.S. state, the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House must concur on one group of electors. That means that they would have a conversation about it, but nobody was willing to speak about it. Now, third, if the contending rosters of electors both lack the backing of any state authority, which means that they can show up in Washington, D.C., Without the benefit of uh, uh, being given the okay by the governor or by the legislature, then the Senate and the House must agree to count one set of votes or the other or neither. So they could either accept Elector Slate A or Elector Slate B, or they could completely reject either of them. Now, this goes back to the idea, something we spoke about quite often in the wake of 2020, that state legislatures have what is determined to be plenary power over the electors. They're the ones who have the say in this, and this particular bit of legal mumbo-jumbo seems to represent that in black and white. So this highly ambiguous precision, provision rather, was in effect on January 6th, 2017. Uh, so they actually had to make note of it. Uh, these laws intended that Congress sometimes select between a state's two distinct set of electors, especially when there are disputed counts, when there are recounts, when there are legal challenges, and of course, the ever-present question of who the hell won. So Congress thought that it might, as grounds for an objection, question and look into the lawfulness of the certification under state law. Furthermore, it seems likely that this issue of the lawfulness of the determination and decertification, excuse me, certification by a state could be raised and dealt with in the joint session. So the joint session occurs on or about January 6th after each presidential election. So that means that on January 6th, it was the perfect time to actually take a look at this. Senators and House members convene in the House chamber to count and certify the Electoral College votes from all 50 states, which is exactly what they did on January 6th. Now, 
We can go back and look at this in history. In 1961, there was a recount dispute after the 1960 election. The state of Hawaii sent Washington two slates of electors. One of those slates supported Democrat John F. Kennedy, and the other ones selected Republican Richard Milhouse Nixon. The governor of Hawaii, who happened to be a Republican, approved the slate that was voting for Nixon, and that was based on the Aloha State's popular vote on December 19th. Now, no less an authority than journalist Theodore H. White thought that Nixon prevailed in Hawaii. That means the media was behind the idea of Nixon winning. In an article entitled The Making of the President 1960, I'm sorry, this is a book entitled The Making of the President, White uh, writes about this very thing, the account of the Kennedy-Nixon showdown. The tally as 92,403 votes for Nixon, which is 50.01% of the vote, and 92,342 for Kennedy, which is 49.98%. There is a 61-vote difference between those two tallies. He continues, I have used throughout this book that the above tabulation of the Associated Press on December 17th, 1960. For the record, however, it should be pointed out that the recount of the Hawaii vote was still in progress during the period of the AP tabulation. That means that they were actually recounting the votes, and rather than wait for that recount, the deep state Associated Press put out the tallies stating that Richard Nixon had won. So with the results in flux, there were two slates of electors that were presented. Both slates of electors had met on the prescribed day per Hawaii and federal law in December. They cast their votes for president and vice president, and then they transmitted them according to the federal statute. So in January 6th of 1961, Congress gets together both House and Senate, and they weighed in on the results of the recount that ended up becoming uh, uh, solidified on December 28th. In that recount, Kennedy won 92,410 votes. That is 50.03%. Nixon, now his new total was 92,295, 49.97%. Final margin was 115 ballots for John F. Kennedy. So now that they had this new data, Congress counted Kennedy's slate of electors on January 6th, 1961. This is an obvious example of how the process is supposed to work. And if we had been allowed the ability to do recounts in a meaningful way in any of the swing states, let's just say Georgia as an example, because that's where President Trump and his co-defendants are facing these charges, well, then we may have ended up with those alternate electors selected for President Trump as having been the ones that were counted. Here's the thing. If there is some question about who actually won the vote, if you don't have a slate of electors, alternate electors that are ready to cast their vote for the candidate of choice, well, then the candidate who sends electors is the one who's going to get the votes. Uh, It makes very simple sense. And as I've shown you so clearly There is constitutional and legislative precedence that could have been used to ensure that President Trump would have gotten a fair accounting of the votes that he actually got. 
as we know, the vote margin between Joe Biden and President Trump was very slim, and it could be fully accounted for with fake mail-in ballots that were injected into the system uh, that were allowed to be cast by people who more than likely did not even exist. This is a very interesting article, and I think that gives us a um, a lot of ammunition, uh, especially if we're having a conversation with a leftoid about what exactly happened and the charges that Donald Trump and his people are facing. So I'm going to go ahead and pass this article out because it's something I think every single one of us needs to go ahead and read. And I would like for you guys to Big ovary energons. What is that? <laughs> Paul Thaddeus drops this achievement unlocked. Big ovary energons is for Debbie Roush. Okay, okay, Debbie. I hope you're doing okay. Uh, let me say a couple of quick thank yous over here on Pilled.net at my friends at the Foxhole. Paulie ninety three sixty three. Thank you for the shades, brother. Uh, Filter Dog One. Thank you for the shades. Jay. Thank you for the cookie. Filter Dog One says, Baseless Conspiracies this week was a must-watch. So much great info. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'd like to recommend everybody here, if you haven't seen that episode, head on over to the Badlands Media Channel on Rumble and watch the episode that I did with Chris Paul. John was still traveling, so Chris and I were the ones delivering the truth that night. And then Porpoiseful, thank you very much for that cookie. All right, and continuing on. It should be no shock, should be no surprise that despite whatever the law says, Democrats in the deep state are willing to do whatever it takes to ensure that Donald Trump doesn't return to the White House, or more importantly, that we the people do not regain control of our nation. Now, simply because of that fact, I don't want anyone to come away uh, with uh, the the misinterpretation that there is no hope. There is definitely hope, and we are moving ever closer to fixing this broken and scarred system. But here on MSNBC, a radio host, far-left radio host named Dean Obadala said some really shocking things about President Trump that betrays uh, any facade that he or the rest of the leftoids might have been trying to portray. They've told us exactly what they think, exactly what they want, and there's only two reasons that people get honest like this. Either they think it's locked up and they have nothing to lose by saying it, or they're getting panicked And they're saying what's truly happening inside their minds because they have no filter to control it. But Dean made a very, very startling statement. And I no, we don't actually have a clip of it. I thought that we did. But let me take you through that statement. He said, I think Donald Trump must die in prison because I don't care if he was 45 years old. You should get life in prison if you attempt a coup and there should be no chance of parole. I don't care who it is. So uh, I would agree with Dean that if you attempted to engage in a coup in America or any other country, it would stand a reason that they would put you in prison for life. They might even actually put you to death because I think that could uh, technically be considered treason. But what President Trump did in the wake of the stolen 2020 election was nowhere approaching a coup of any type. I mean, President Trump was the president of the United States of America. If he wanted to run a coup on the rest of the country and take both houses of Congress and lock them up, uh, or he wanted to remove the Supreme Court justices from power, all he had to do was a flick of his fingers 
call up the military, the Army or perhaps the Marines, even the Air Force, the Navy and the Coast Guard. All of them serve him as commander in chief. If President Trump wanted to do that, he could have done it, but he didn't. Despite all of the hanky-panky that took place in the 2020 election, despite the mounted evidence of massive types of fraud from so many different directions, President Trump allowed a peaceful a peaceful transfer of power. He allowed for Joe Biden, the current resident-in-chief, the illegal and illegitimate president, in quotation marks, of the United States— to waltz into the White House and to give the deep state exactly what they wanted. Dean says, I think Donald Trump or anyone else who commits a coup must die in jail because either we're going to protect the Democratic Republic or we're going to allow people, in this case Trump, to chip away at our democracy and chip away at what we believe in these institutions. And I want you to know that Dean says this with absolutely no hint of irony or personal self-understanding because what he's described there has been the actions of the Democrats and the deep state since the moment Donald Trump walked down that escalator. And even prior to that, they had a plan to destroy America. And they began it, in my opinion, under Barack Hussein Obama. And it was meant to accelerate under Hillary Clinton. And then perhaps somebody like Joe Biden was going to come in or Elizabeth Warren. They never accounted for Donald Trump to come into office and to return power to we the people. Dean has absolutely no idea what he's talking about. I think that Dean understands that Donald Trump is more powerful than they could ever possibly hope to achieve. He has the love, the commitment of the people of the United States and leaders like Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer. None of these people can approach the love we have for Donald Trump. We will take back our country and we will do it in a peaceful manner. Donald Trump showed us that it's possible. He was elected against all odds in 2016. They never thought she would lose and he waltzed right into Washington, D.C. They never stopped trying to stop him. But because of the power, because of the love, because of the faith inherent in that man and everything he did, against all odds, he was able to deliver on some incredible things. He showed us what could happen when one person risks it all and gives everything they have to give it back to we the people. I uh, need to say thank you very much to Freight Awakening. He says, sorry I'm late. Good news about Romney, but I'm not sold on this Pierre Delecto guy that he announced to replace him. <laughs> oh, Pierre Delecto. Why is it that all of these Democrats have weird uh, pseudonyms? I, I don't understand. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, perhaps it has something to do with uh, their, their lack of cognitive abilities. Uh, maybe somebody else gives them the name. I don't know. But in the same way that Joe Biden's health is failing and he seems to be falling apart at the seams, Mitch McConnell has very recently begun to show the same types of cracks in his facade. And the Libertarian National Committee is now moving to file for conservatorships for both Biden and McConnell. Uh, they say that uh, there is a clear incapacitation uh, 
They both are showing mental lapses and deficiencies in decision-making. I want to remind you guys, conservatorships are generally what happens when you have an adult who is incapable of taking care of themselves and somebody else has to become responsible for the day-to-day care of <laughs> Of everything they do. This is what they did to Britney Spears, who was clearly off her rocker. I think that perhaps uh, maybe they made her that way. She's a victim at the end of the day. But Joe Biden and Mitch McConnell, they're not victims. They're just old and they're falling apart. And God will have his justice upon them. Mm. Oh, but I just thought this was hilarious uh, because I, I don't know what this court case is going to look like. I don't know what these hearings are going to look like, but they filed for these conservatorships. I would imagine this is going to be in Washington, D.C. Uh, they say that uh, all of the evidence of their incapacitation uh, shows that they are, are living in a world where they can no longer serve the American people. They are not fit to serve the American people. Uh, They argue that both Biden and McConnell, 80 and 81 respectively, have shown serious impairments to their ability to receive and evaluate information effectively, make decisions, or communicate. Obviously, they both have a uh, lack the capacity to represent either themselves or the American public. I mean, it's true. It's absolutely true. And it's so funny. When when they come out and say that Mitch McConnell's fit for duty uh, and the same breath is saying that Joe Biden is fit for duty, when he can't read a cue card or successfully call on a reporter and he tells the Vietnamese delegation he's going to bed soon. I mean, the man is falling apart. Mitch McConnell is no better. So one of the most insulting and infuriating things in American politics is the financial tyranny inflicted upon us by the geriatric elites. That's coming from the Libertarian National Committee Chair Angela McArdle. She continues by saying these people have squatted in public office for decades, amassing massive wealth from lobbyists, super PACs, and tax dollars, while the average American feels the pain of inflation and watches their savings dwindle. Apparently, 50 years of public service is not enough for some of these people, and they stubbornly refuse to pass the torch, even though they are no longer fit for service. She continues with the sick burn. Elected officials like Joe Biden and Mitch McConnell exhibit regular and very public episodes of embarrassing disorientation, mental confusion, and stroke symptoms. These men and others men like them, like Dianne Feinstein and John Fetterman, who actually did have a documented stroke, are not well enough to be left alone in the house all day. How how are they well enough to govern our lives and spend our tax dollars? Well, uh, I think the easy answer to that is that they're not. They certainly are not. The only reason that they are even in office is because there are puppet masters propping them up from behind. I got to say, this is why I was a registered libertarian for so many years. Oh, so according to the to their committee, uh, the actions of Biden and McConnell, which include the indefensible incurrence of four point eight trillion dollars in debt continued involvement in an unwinnable proxy war in Ukraine, questionable and potentially criminal business and political affiliations, and a lack of awareness to the state of the United States domestically makes the conservatorships a matter of urgent concern. Can you imagine if they were allowed to gain a conservatorship over either of these guys? Uh, I think that it would be a massive coup. I don't believe it's going to happen, but it certainly is good to see it. Uh, And uh, it certainly is good to see somebody on the national stage saying exactly what we've been discussing this entire time. Uh, Let me get a sip of my coffee. Mm. 
If you guys wouldn't mind, please do me a favor. Hit that like button. Please uh, hit the share button as well. Uh, if you're out there on Twitter, Truth Social, or Telegram, or a Gab, a Getter, any of these places, I've shared the show myself. So you're welcome to just go ahead and repost it there. All right. So this week, Kevin McCarthy announced, hey, we're going to have an inquiry to look into the possibility of potentially impeaching Joe Biden. So we now have three committee chairs who have been tasked with leading this Biden impeachment inquiry. Apparently, there's actually going to be an impeachment and Kevin McCarthy is not going to be bringing it to vote. I think it's obvious that there are enough votes to impeach Joe Biden. Again, this is in the House When they get to the Senate, it's another thing entirely. And I know that there is a divide on whether or not Joe Biden should be impeached. I will once again give you my reasoning as to why I think it's a good idea. So we've got Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy yesterday kicking into high gear, announcing this impeachment will begin very soon. And he's tasked three firebrand House members to go ahead and oversee it. Uh, We've got McCarthy bringing in Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer. You may remember him as a Republican from Kentucky. He's brought some hot takes uh, on the Biden crime family to the forefront very recently. Uh, He's going to be leading the inquiry in coordination with Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan, who is, of course, a Republican from Ohio. And then the Ways and Means Committee Chairman Jason Smith will be there as well. He is, of course, a Republican from Missouri. Uh, So. Uh, What do you guys think about this? Uh, Do you think these are the right people to lead this impeachment inquiry? I feel from my perspective, uh, they definitely are. Uh, I don't know as much about Jason Smith, but I have enough respect for Comer and uh, for Jordan alone that I would trust this to be a good trio. Now, let's talk a little bit about the impeachment of Joe Biden. Is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? A lot of people, when I bring it up, they say, oh, you know, we don't want Joe Biden to be impeached. If he goes away, then Kamala Harris becomes president. Good Lord, that's even worse. And I have to agree with you. Uh, But despite the fact that Joe Biden has been delivering red pills from the moment he stepped on stage at, uh, well, I mean, I guess Joe Biden's been delivering red pills for a lot longer uh, than becoming president. I mean, he's been in Washington, D.C. politics for over five decades. So, Joe Biden has had no shortage of opportunities to tell the American people exactly who he is. But since being uh, ordained president of the United States, he has done even more than I could have possibly hoped. Uh, His presidency, however horrific, uh, however disturbing, however post-traumatic stress disorder inducing – at the end of the day, I truly believe is going to be good for the nation because it shows people exactly what we don't want. It proves to people the corrupt and broken nature of our federal system. We've been saying this for years. We've been saying the government is corrupt. We've been saying it's controlled by the uniparty. We've been saying that we simply cannot get anything done because the people in Washington, D.C. don't want to get anything done. That has become painfully obvious in recent years. So Joe Biden, now in the impeachment inquiry, will have the crimes that we've also been talking about 
presented for all of America to see. Take a look back at the two impeachments that Donald Trump suffered. There was absolutely no legitimacy to either of them. However, it was the only thing in the news cycle for the weeks that it was happening. The same thing is going to be true for Joseph Robinette Biden. So for those few Americans who believe that there's nothing to this impeachment inquiry, they're going to be paying attention and they're going to get a dose of truth slapped right up against their noggins. Now, uh, I think that that is an excellent thing for America. I think that it will help us a little bit more to red pill those last few people who need to be red pilled. Now, when it comes to his conviction in the Senate, it won't happen. This is why Jim Fetterman yesterday uh, did that. Oh, no, I can't believe he's going to be impeached. Oh, please don't. Impeachment means absolutely nothing in the modern age. Okay, we are far away from what happened in the 1970s with Richard Nixon. Uh, Saw an incredible clip that uh, Tucker put together yesterday about the type of man that Richard Nixon truly was. Sounds like Richard Nixon was based and he was trying to save the country. So it's no wonder that he and Donald Trump had a very close relationship. I grew up learning that Richard Nixon was an embarrassment to the United States of America. He was forced out of office because he did some bad stuff at the Watergate Hotel. Well, you know what? Turns out that most of those guys that broke into the Watergate were actually agents of the Central Intelligence Agency. Richard Nixon was set up, and that is what I believe. You're never going to convince me otherwise. So, Joe Biden will never be convicted in the Senate because the Democrats rally around their own. It's just like we see out here in the private sector. The left will organize with the left. doesn't matter if they both want two competing or even different things uh, within the agenda of that leftoid sphere. As long as they're working against the best interests of us uh, on the right, whether you're Republican or not, whether you are a, a, a trad, whether you're a chad, whether you're traditional and conservative, doesn't matter what it is. As long as you're not a leftoid. They will murder you. They will go after you. They will destroy your life. They will destroy your livelihood. They will get all of your income taken away. They will get you fired. They will do whatever they can to make your life a living hell so that you relent and you go along with having your son's penis cut off at the age of eight. Okay? That's not something I'm willing to do. Luckily, I don't have a, uh, <laughs> an eight-year-old. I don't have to worry about it, really. But there are people out there who certainly do. So they will rally around Joe Biden. They will not convict him. However, the psychological scar of Joe Biden's crimes will be burned into the minds of the American people. And then by the time we get to 2024, the entirety of the American electoral base is going to be clamoring for the return of Donald Trump, and they won't be able to fake another election. It will be simply impossible. That's my take on it. You can disagree or agree, but I think that at the end of the day, we're still going to end up in the same place. And so I hope you still stay on this journey with me. Let's now discuss the response from the White House. I thought this was quite interesting. We all know that Joe Biden has a cozy relationship with the mainstream media because they are essentially an arm of the deep state itself. But before we get into the specifics, I've got to take a break for the second half of the show. Please sit back and we'll be right back after this. 
Bitcoin ETF is all the rage right now, and that's because a major financial player is just now resubmitting their application for a Bitcoin ETF. So as a result, investors are thinking this is just over the horizon. Mainstream adoption is right around the corner. Now, add to that, lawmakers recently voted to set guidelines on just when and how crypto firms should register with either the Commodities Futures Trading Commission or the Securities and Exchange Commission. Now, while all of this is good news, an ETF only gives you exposure to crypto, not direct ownership. The whole point of cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin is to directly own an asset with a finite supply that is outside of any government influence. And my digital money can help you do that. With my digital money, you own your crypto, whether you invest in a crypto IRA or with a standard trading account. Now, remember, it's important to diversify your portfolio. And when it comes to a crypto investment, direct ownership is of the utmost importance. So don't get caught up in the excitement the media is trying to spin because nothing beats owning your own crypto and nothing beats investing in crypto through my digital money. Not only are you able to invest with them using a crypto IRA, but also a standard trading account, and it's all in the same platform. You also have the assurance that your assets are going to be put into a trust. That means that no matter what happens to my digital money, your crypto is always safe. So if you're ready to invest in cryptocurrency, do so with MyDigitalMoney.com. Once again, that's MyDigitalMoney.com. The link is in the description box below. And I should also tell you they have excellent U.S.-based customer service. So feel free to give them a call with any questions you might have at 833-636-2008. Invest with MyDigitalMoney.com today. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. Oh, my God, I can't believe I was freaking muted. Thank you for letting me know. We need to talk about your mute protection. God! Oh, man, that was a really brilliant rant. Let me start over. Jeez, oh, Pete's, I can't believe it. All right, I'm going to make a comment uh, from the Rumble chat. I've got a comment on it. Kelly, 8789, this is a sentiment that I have echoed myself on this program on a number of occasions. She says, I know a thing or two about the CIA. They're not all messed up in the head. Uh, They are trained to think that not everything is black and white, but they're starting to see the light. So uh, I agree with you here. Uh, I've said on so many occasions that uh, undoubtedly there are patriots who work at the CIA. Not everybody uh, grows up and says, hey, I want to work at the CIA because uh, I want to overthrow democratically elected governments in foreign countries or I want to traffic children or I want to traffic cocaine into the United States. I mean, uh, not everybody does that. There are undoubtedly people who grew up and said, hey, I want to go into the clandestine service because I, I want to represent the best interests of America in foreign lands. I, I want to, you know, maybe do some James Bond stuff. Uh, But I find it difficult to believe that everybody who is doing bad stuff today got involved with that in mind at the beginning. The problem with the CIA uh, is that it is so highly compartmentalized due to the very nature of the work that they do. Uh, Yeah, there are definitely going to be good people operating within uh, uh, operations and, uh, and missions taking place all around the world. Um, but because it's so compartmentalized, it allows for those pockets of 
evil to exist and uh, for uh, very, very bad things to happen. You know, I, I, I was just saying, <clears throat> I'm going to repeat myself, even though you guys couldn't hear, that uh, I, in my opinion, believe that the CIA needs to be gutted like so many federal agencies. We need to go in there from the ground floor and just completely cut out the rot and begin again because uh, the people who are bad in the CIA are not just going to give themselves up. They're not going to admit that that's what they're doing. The people at the DOJ that are bad are not going to admit it. The people at the FBI that are bad are not going to admit it. Nobody is going to go through this willingly. If you look back at President Trump's first term in office when he was elected, he went and spoke at Langley to agents of the CIA, and he said, I'm going to build you a new house without columns. That was a direct reference to the idea of a fifth column, which I believe a a significant aspect of the CIA is acting as a fifth column. They certainly did under President Trump's time in office. Uh, They worked to subvert him, uh, but I don't know that they worked to subvert him any more than the DOJ or the FBI or any of these other uh, federal bureaucracies where the deep state has embedded themselves. Um, I would like to give the good men and women of the CIA an opportunity to do the right thing. I sincerely hope they do in the exact same way I hope that the people who work at the FBI and the DOJ and all these other federal agencies are going to do the right thing as well. It is not all black and white. And uh, too often we want to put things into uh, nice, convenient, easy to label boxes. Uh, But this truly is a world uh, with uh, with shades of gray. There's no other way to uh, to position it. Uh, That's simply the way that it is. And uh, and the sooner that we can learn to accept that, the easier it'll be for us to move within these circles. Uh, So let's get back to the idea of the Biden impeachment. Uh, As I said, Joe Biden is uh, very closely aligned with the mainstream media and the deep state swamp rats. And so, of course, as a result, the White House has now sent out directives to the mainstream media, letting them know exactly how they should be covering this upcoming impeachment inquiry. And wouldn't you know it, they are engaging once again in classical levels of projection by suggesting that the mainstream media, instead of covering the events of the impeachment inquiry, that they instead ramp up their own efforts to scrutinize House Republicans. That's right. This is, of course, a vast right-wing conspiracy, as Hillary Clinton said so long ago, and Joe Biden is right there with it. So the White House sent out this letter earlier today to a number of friendly media outlets calling for this scrutiny of House Republicans uh, in response to the impeachment inquiry that was just announced yesterday. Uh, Let's go ahead and see if we can actually read that letter. And here it is. The White House sent this letter to select media organizations yesterday telling them it's time to, for the media to ramp up its scrutiny of White House, excuse me, of House Republicans for opening an impeachment inquiry based on lies. Well, as far as I can tell, the only lies that are being told are coming from the mouth of Joe Biden and his bureaucratic nightmare currently sitting in Washington, D.C. So this is coming from the special assistant to the president and senior advisor and spokesperson for the White House counsel's office. After nearly nine months of investigating, House Republicans haven't been able to turn up any evidence of the president doing anything wrong. That's a lie. There has been plenty of evidence of the president doing things wrong, doing things illegal, engaging in practices that many would consider to be pay to play. 
allowing other nations to pay him millions of dollars in uh, uh, in exchange for U.S. foreign policy changes. Uh, so continuing, but House Republic, the president did nothing wrong. But House Republicans led by Marjorie Taylor Greene and nonetheless opening a baseless impeachment inquiry. There's that word, baseless. It's a baseless conspiracy and a baseless impeachment inquiry of President Biden. Despite many House Republicans openly admitting there is no evidence on which to support it. So instead, uh, they want the United States media apparatus to go after uh, Republicans who have made statements about the Biden crimes and the Biden crime family. Uh, they are stating that they have uncovered uh, this, uh, a number of different things. So um, Ken Buck from Colorado, who apparently is um, is in favor of Joe Biden remaining in power uh, and for no impeachment inquiry to take place. Uh, and that's essentially what the rest of this document is, uh, is uh, Republicans who have been sympathetic to the idea of Joe Biden. These are probably Republicans who have and will engage in corrupt practices and who are hoping that by the time they get their shot at the presidency, they're not going to have to worry about their own pay to play schemes. But Ken Buck said uh, the time for impeachment is the time when there's evidence linking President Biden. If there's evidence linking President Biden to a high crime or misdemeanor, but that evidence doesn't exist now. And I would argue that the evidence does exist. Here is Ken Buck actually giving that statement, uh, claiming that Marjorie Taylor Greene is making absurd remarks about the possibility of this impeachment into Joseph Robinette Biden. Republican and a member of the House Freedom Caucus, Congressman Ken Buck of Colorado. See, and this also goes to show you that just because you're a member of the House Freedom Caucus, it does not mean that you're based. It does not mean that you even know what the hell you're talking about because the evidence exists. This is like the the Democrats and the media telling us that, oh, there's no evidence of massive fraud in the 2020 election. No, there's freaking evidence. You just won't look at it. And the congressman joins me now. Congressman, thank you so much for being with me this afternoon. My pleasure, Ken. It's been really interesting to watch you on multiple. And let me also say this. Any Republican with any self-respect going on Jen Psaki's program on MSNBC should tell you everything you need to know. Asians speak out so forcefully against the push to launch an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. You've also pushed back on the claim that January 6th inmates are being mistreated. Why have you been so vocal about all of these issues now? Because he is corrupted. Because Ken Buck is just as bad as Joe Biden or Mitt Romney or any of these other deep state swamp rats who refuse to admit the truth. Well, Jen, we have really important issues facing this country. And as Republicans, we need to stay focused on the border. We need to stay focused on crime, particularly in urban areas. We need to stay focused on inflation. Those are issues that Americans care about, and they want to see a change in leadership in the White House as a result of those. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, Ken. As an American, as somebody who cares about those issues, I have the capacity to care about other issues, such as a criminal crime family sitting in the White House. <laughs> doing cocaine in the White House library, uh, snorting bullets of coke on the veranda as their children sit in the arms of a creepy old molester named Joe Biden.
we start going down these paths that, that really bear no fruit. We, we are not going to get an impeachment through the Senate. We're not going to, uh, uh, you know, the, the idea that, that somehow the January 6th prisoners are being treated differently than other prisoners in a jail that has a history of, of real abuse and, and uh, uh, poor conditions. Wait a second. Is, is he trying to say that because the D.C. jail gulag system is already bad, that January 6th prisoners are being treated on par with anybody else who comes through there? You know, I, I just I find that so difficult to believe, Ken Buck. What a stretch. What a leap of logic. There is no reason that anybody should be treated in a subhuman manner. And most of all, people who did not even commit crimes. Okay, I I will spare you guys the rest of Ken Buck's statement. Suffice to say, he and a lot of other Republicans are not worth the ink on this paper. Looks like uh, Representative Dave Joyce uh, said to Forbes, he doesn't see any evidence, no facts or evidence. Dusty Johnson says there is a constitutional and legal test You have to meet with evidence. There was no evidence for Donald Trump's impeachments, but there certainly is evidence with Joe Biden. Don Bacon says, I think before we move on to an impeachment inquiry, we should, well, there should be a direct link to the president in some evidence. Hmm, I don't know. Maybe like emails sent from his aliases designed to get around FOIA requests. Does that count as a link, Dusty or Don? Uh, French Hill from Arkansas, he said to CBS, even remotely completed their work on the kind of detailed investigations and quality work. Republicans have not even remotely completed their work. Okay, well, I I think that uh, that is obviously a subjective opinion, and it's obviously wrong. Uh, Mike Lawler of New York says, with respect to impeachment, we're not there yet. What, What do you want, Mike? What, you want Joe Biden to be standing in the middle of the Oval Office with a bloody butcher knife? Is that what it's going to take? Uh, we also have Chuck Edwards of North Carolina. I've heard over and over that President Biden has not been implicated or proven for any wrongdoing here, and I acknowledge that. You know where you prove something like that? In an impeachment. That's where you prove it because that's when you present evidence. That's like saying that somebody who's sitting on uh, in in jail awaiting trial for murder and somebody says I I haven't seen any evidence yet. Why would I think that they're a murderer? Okay. Well, you know, there's probable cause Uh, There is uh, definitely statements of facts, and we've seen that with Joe Biden. So anyways, uh, don't – these are people (laughs) – these are more people not to support. Uh, A a Republican lawmaker who does not want to be named says there's no evidence that Joe Biden got money. We have the bank transfers. We have the wires. We have the account numbers. We have the entire Biden family – receiving tens of millions of dollars. And then they go on to quote CNN, just pure ridiculousness. Uh, So obviously the White House, I believe, is beginning to feel the pressure. Joe Biden and his comrades in Washington, D.C., they know their goose is cooked. They know that none of this stuff looks good to the American people. If there was nothing wrong with it, they would have had nothing to hide for the last five decades. Chuck Schumer, in another stunning display, lack of irony, discussing the impeachment of Joe Biden, calls it a witch hunt, a witch hunt. Now, we're talking about real crimes here, 
Chuck Schumer. We're talking about the wholesale corruption of the United States federal government, of the office of the president. We're talking about a family of nepotism designed to enrich itself at the behest of the leaders of the free world at uh, the detriment of of the American people. So Chuck Schumer gave his own speech after Chuck, uh, 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 M- McCarthy rather uh, gave his. He came out and uh, uh, was hoping to counter the arguments that uh, were made earlier in the day. He said, I am directing our House committees to open. And no, I'm sorry, that is the quote from McCarthy. Uh, where is the quote from Schumer? I think the impeachment inquiry is absurd. The American people want us to do something that will make their lives better, not go off on these chases and uh, witch hunts. I'll tell you what would make our country better. If we take the criminals in Washington, D.C., round them up, put them on a big uh, fishing trawler and put them out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. If the people of this country were able to choose effective leaders that we didn't have to question because we didn't have a wholly uh, illegitimate election system that's based on fraud and and, uh, all kinds of subterfuge, well, then I think that the American people would feel a lot better. Take a look at your bank account since Joe Biden walked into Washington, D.C. All of these issues that they're saying the American people uh, are worried about, these are all issues that were caused by Joe Biden. Uh, And what's really ironic is that he caused those issues at the same time that he was having his own bank account padded to the tunes of tens of millions of dollars. Now, Scott Perry is also a member of the Freedom Caucus, uh, and uh, he was giving his own speech outside Capitol Hill, uh, and he seems to be a little bit more closely aligned with the, um, the, the, the wishes and, and the sentiment of the American people. So a reporter in the press pool uh, said that uh, the impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden was political revenge, uh, political revenge. A British reporter actually asked Representative Perry, what actual evidence do Republicans have to show to the American people that would merit an impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden? Well, guess what? Uh, <laughs> show up. Show up and do your job or report on any of the things that we've been discussing for the last several years. And you'll see exactly why Joe Biden's going to get impeached. And then he accused the Republicans of using impeachment to enact political revenge. Oh, do you mean like political revenge in the way that they did to Donald Trump by impeaching him twice when there were no high crimes or misdemeanors, when there was nothing for them to adjudicate? Scott Perry says this is not about political revenge. We have the actual bank accounts. You see, in a court of law, that would be considered evidence. And certainly it would have been considered evidence if it was Donald Trump. But when it's Joe Biden and his family members and you have the money going back and forth between oligarchs all over the world, and then you can also point to direct American foreign policy decisions that were made as a result of those payments, well, it's pretty obvious. You can see that the homes the Bidens own can't be afforded on a congressional or Senate salary. You also understand that it's not normal for family members to receive millions of dollars from overseas interests. Now, let me just say this. Both of those two things, if you were a Republican, if you were a conservative, if you're not a Democrat, would be enough for the IRS to come and just take it. They would come and take it and charge you with all kinds of criminal actions, and they would put you in prison and steal every single penny you have. But when you're Joe Biden, oh, shucks, golly gee, I don't know how I got so rich. Winky Winky Woo says, my name is Joe Biden and I shall sniff your children forever. 
Yeah, where is Esther? I haven't seen Esther. And oh my gosh, Esther, this is the same Esther. This is the same Esther. Esther, I, I, I thanked Esther on air and she's not here today. How crazy is that? Well, anyways, I hope she's great. Uh, hopefully she's okay. If anybody can reach out to Esther and verify that she's doing good, uh, I would appreciate that. All right. So Scott continues. Those things are not normal. That's not normal to have 20 shell companies. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you guys an honest question. How many, how many shell companies do you own? <laughs> I can tell you, me personally, I don't have any shell companies. <laughs> I would be really surprised if any of you had any shell companies. You might own your own LLC, but you're not going to have a series of LLCs that uh, link to no one and nothing and no products and no production. That simply just doesn't happen. How many shell companies, guys? How many shell companies? Oh, the stun gun has two. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully they're working for you, brother. All right. Uh, that's not normal to have 20 shell companies. These things are not normal. And it alludes to not only just widespread corruption, which is illegal, but money laundering, if not influence peddling itself. Remember the term quid pro quo. Quid pro quo. The Democrats, it was their favorite slogan during the Trump 2.0 impeachment about the Ukraine hoax. <laughs> Damn it, Janet says, I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. <laughs> oh, man. I, you know, what do you think the, the average number of shell companies for somebody to have? Certainly it's not 20. I mean, I guess maybe it's a different world when you're dealing with the American oligarchy of Washington, D.C. Those people, uh, they probably have dozens and dozens of shell companies. So it's no big deal. Joe Biden thought, hey, that's just how things are done, right? You know, I mean, everybody just uh, has a, a whole host of shell companies. I mean, that's just that's that's how we hide money, right? That's how you hide money. So Perry continues. And also, we have the vice president at the time, Joe Biden, on record saying the prosecutor was fired well, son of a bitch, the prosecutor was fired. Why was that? Well, because the prosecutor was going after the company his son, Hunter, was working at. That's what we have. If you can't see that, you are blind. And of course, the reporter tried to push back. Shill for Joe Biden. He said, the people don't see that. They think it's political revenge. You're not even a freaking American. Go home, Limey. Perry blasted her again because you don't report on it. And that is absolutely the truth. The mainstream media will ignore a story, pretend it doesn't exist, and then look at you and laugh and say that uh, there's no evidence. There's no evidence. There, there's no there's no proof that that exists because we haven't reported on it. That's why the people don't know about it. Now, according to a CNN poll, despite the best efforts of the BBC – or the mainstream media deep state apparatus here in America, the majority of Americans believe that Joe Biden was involved in his son Hunter's business dealings. Here's some of the evidence that will be presented at an impeachment inquiry. Uh, we now have 170 suspicious activity reports that are linked to financial transactions in the Biden crime family. That's enough for the IRS to come to a regular person's home and say, guess what? You're going to give us all your money and there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, we also have nine Bidens who are implicated in corruption. You know what I really hope happens? 
I hope that they charge every single person in the Biden crime family, uh, forcing at least one of them to flip on the other eight. We've also got bank records showing the Biden family, their business associates, and their companies received over $10 million from foreign nationals and their companies. This is the list of all of those Bidens. We have Hunter Biden, James Biden, Sarah Biden, Haley Biden, Kathleen Biden, Melissa Biden. We have a niece or a nephew and another niece or another nephew and then a grandchild. Wouldn't that be funny if Joe Biden was putting money into the name of the uh, stripper's child? And then, of course, Chuck Grassley also recently released that FBI document which showed how Joe Biden was involved in a $10 million bribery scheme with the CEO of Burisma, Mikola Zlachevsky, the guy who asked him to get the prosecutor general, Victor Shokin, fired. BBC, you're blind, deaf, and dumb if you don't understand that, or you're simply dishonest and disingenuous. And that's honestly what I believe you to be. Joe Biden bragged publicly about the firing of Victor Shokin. Victor Shokin, that prosecutor general who was looking into the illegal criminal actions of the company his son worked for and his son would be looked into as well. Joe Biden withheld a billion dollars in loan guarantees to a nation that he and others in the federal government had just helped overthrow with a military coup. <laughs> Again, the what they're trying to claim Donald Trump did here in America. Oh, God. Well, son of a bitch. <laughs> so obviously this stuff is getting hard to not admit. Okay. And the narrative surrounding the relationship between Joe and Hunter Biden, it has been changing in recent times. You know, it started with, uh, you know, I never talked to my son uh, about his business dealings. I never talked to my son or his business associates about their private business dealings. Joe Biden said it on so many occasions. Well, eventually they had to admit that, well, sometimes the son and father will speak. Sometimes Hunter will be at business meetings and just call Joe, you know, just for the novelty. Hey, guess what? My dad's the vice president. Do you want to talk to him? Do you want an autograph? I can probably get you one. All we got to do is a little business together. Let me get my dad on the phone because he's the one with the real power. So anyways, the New York Times has now changed that narrative once again. You see, now Hunter Biden is an informal advisor to Joe Biden. He did it when he was vice president, and apparently he's still doing it now. And the way they position this is just so saccharine, sickly sweet. They frequently speak on the phone and occasionally talk politics. Hunter Biden is an informal advisor. He's even helped to shape the president's speeches and sometimes foreign policy. I'm throwing that one in, but... Says people who know both men say their bond is singular in its intensity. Joe just loves his son. I love my son, damn it. But even allies of President Biden, who prides himself on his political and human instincts, there go that, that narrative that Joe Biden is somehow like this this great equalizer, the compassion of Joe Biden. Yeah, the, the 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 compassion of the man who shows up to a disaster and makes a joke about his wife nearly burning in a kitchen fire, uh, which never actually happened. Even allies of the president say he has at times been too deferential to his younger son. 
appearing unwilling to tell him no, despite Hunter's problems and his long trail of bad decisions. Uh, you, you can't tell your adult son no. You're nearly the leader of the free world and you kowtow to a crackhead. You give in when somebody bitches a little bit about the withdrawals they're going through. Oh, Dad, I need $100,000 in my account so that I can continue to smoke crack and have sex with hookers. Ah. Oh, son, you know I love you. I just can't say no. <clears throat> because if I could, I'd be smoking crack and sleeping with hookers, too. That's Joe Biden's voice, not mine. So Joe's devotion to his son means that he has long followed Hunter's lead. Despite the numerous statements made, not only by Joe Biden and people in his political circle, but also the mainstream media, that Joe has never discussed business with Hunter Biden until he did, which has actually been happening the entire time. Now, allies of the president, they have a deep respect for the bond father and son have. However, privately, they have criticized Mr. Biden's apparent inability to say no when Hunter sought to pull him into his business dealings. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like it's an open secret that Joe and Hunter Biden are engaged directly in business dealings. And it's also in, in, in uh, contravention to everything that's ever been said in the past. So while Hunter advises Joe Biden, there are two, the two are under investigation by House Republicans. The impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden, Hunter Biden's own investigation by a special counsel. And of course, we know about Hunter Biden's plea deal having broken down in the past. But most importantly, they cannot hide the truth any longer. Joe and Hunter Biden's business dealings are not simply intertwined. They are one in the same. Take a look at this. This just goes to show you the incredible levels of hypocrisy and corruption inherent in the federal government, whether it's the FBI or the Department of Justice. So the very FBI agent in the Hunter Biden investigation, the same one who is calling the IRS whistleblowers liars uh, over a key meeting with David Weiss, had a statement that he made uh, warning gun criminals just last year. This is after he was already aware of Hunter Biden's own crimes with guns. He said gun crime equals federal time, which means no parole. This is a senior FBI agent by the name of Thomas Sabachinsky. He was the one who was assigned to the Hunter Biden investigation that is uh, being conducted by special counsel David Weiss. He's the one who said that the IRS whistleblowers that gave testimony uh, both be behind closed doors and uh, publicly uh, stating that David Weiss said he didn't have control over the investigation. This FBI agent from Baltimore's field office, this would be the same office that um, – uh, uh, well, Baltimore is where um, Rod Rosenstein worked out of when he was at the DOJ. But he claims that uh, the FBI and the excuse me, the the IRS whistleblowers are not telling the truth. But take a look at this video from February of 2022, where he gives his, his uh, very hard line response to people committing gun crimes uh, and what should happen to them. My name is Tom Sobosinski. And I'm the special agent in charge of the FBI Baltimore field office. Baltimore is on track for another year of record-setting violence. As we head into the summer season, a historically violent time in this city's history, the FBI would like to remind everyone that gun crime equals federal time, which means no parole. Please. 
put down the guns, and save a life, maybe even your own. Unless, of course, your name is Hunter Biden and your father was vice president and now happens to be the resident in charge of the federal government. So the FBI agent, same FBI agent, Thomas Sabinski, um, who is disputing Gary Shapley's comments, um, does, however, agree that the prosecutor in this case, David Weiss, uh, moved too slowly. Well, uh, Agent Sabasinski, maybe he moved slowly because he wasn't truly in charge of the investigation. Maybe it's because the Department of Justice under the uh, tenure of Merrick Garland was stepping in to ensure that Hunter Biden would never face justice or that he would likely not face justice. So he testified to the House Judiciary Committee in early September. He said, I would have liked for it to have moved faster, Uh, that to move the case to resolution would have been good. That's what he wanted. And of course, uh, you have to ask yourself, given his statement I just played for you, what resolution would you have hoped for, Officer or Agent Sobosinski? Would you have advised that Hunter Biden seek uh, federal time uh, without parole, uh, getting the, uh, the, the full punishment for the crimes he committed? Or did you give your seal of approval to the sweetheart deal that he ended up getting and then losing uh, at the hands of uh, David Weiss? I don't know. Well, we now have also a new watchdog memo uh, discussing the irregularities inherent in past investigations dealing with the Biden crime family. You know, it's not simply this investigation here. If you remember the effing spy chief of China that Hunter Biden was doing business with previously, Patrick Ho, um, his case and the prosecution of the CEFC boss uh, had its own irregularities. That included concealing known connections between the Chinese Communist Party-linked entity of CEFC and the Biden crime family. Uh, Also, they covered up communications between Hunter Biden and the FBI agents who were working on Patrick Ho's case. This is new information coming from a memo that was put out by the Heritage Foundation Oversight Project. Now, Ho, again, was famously referred to by Hunter Biden as the effing spy chief of China in a recorded phone call, was arrested in November of 2017. He was quickly well, maybe not so quickly, convicted in December of 2018 in the Southern District of New York. He got sentenced to three years in prison for violating the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act and also money laundering. I wonder if the Bidens engaged in foreign corrupt practices or money laundering. Maybe that's how they got so much damn money in their bank accounts. His first phone call upon getting arrested wasn't to his lawyer. Well, maybe it was to his lawyer. It was to Hunter Biden. He was allegedly providing legal services to Patrick Ho at the time. As far as I know, though, Hunter Biden didn't represent him in federal court, Uh, but he certainly was collecting a paycheck from the effing spy chief of China. So this memo from the Heritage Foundation has been received by the good people at Breitbart News, and it says that since Ho's conviction, Significant evidence has emerged identifying concerning irregularities with the DOJ investigation and prosecution. The DOJ was well aware of connections between the Biden crime family and CEFC 
as early as 2017. And instead of bringing that to the table in terms of Patrico's case, they actively worked to conceal this information from the public. They did not want the American people to know about this. Why? Because it's an inherently corrupt act. Anyone looking at the business relationship between the Biden crime family and a Chinese Communist Party affiliated entity such as CEFC being run by the spy chief of China, it immediately comes off as a bad look. There were also contacts between Hunter Biden and the FBI agents. Uh, They were uh, discussing this case actively with Patrick Ho. Uh, They did not want the American people to know anything about it. And just for your uh, educational purposes, that is Patrick Ho right there. So Ho was apparently first under FISA surveillance during a time when he was in regular communication with CEFC and the Biden family. So that would indicate that the FBI and the DOJ had many, many, many hours of foreknowledge of the business arrangements between CEFC, Patrick Ho, and the Biden crime family since 2017, probably since 2016. Uh, And you look at what they did to Donald Trump, right? They they wiretapped Trump. They wiretapped everyone in his orbit. Uh, They investigated, they gave a, 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 Uh, uh, And and they interviewed Michael Flynn without telling him that he was the subject of a criminal investigation. But then the FBI and the DOJ handled Hunter Biden and the Biden crime family with kid gloves. Um, They actually redacted the names and any mention of the Biden family and specifically Hunter Biden uh, in the evidence that they presented at Ho's trial in 2018. So as an example, U.S. Attorney Daniel Richenthal requested redactions of an email that was presented in the case for the purpose of avoiding a political dimension, which was eventually revealed on Hunter Biden's laptop from hell. So despite their best efforts, we still found out about their lying, cheating, scheming ways. Uh, We also have another important point made by the Heritage Foundation. Hunter Biden was afforded attorney-client privilege as Patrico's legal representation. That is also while he was a direct witness in the case. Hunter was also asked on the day of Ho's arrest by another one of Ho's attorneys to find the names of FBI agents you spoke with. That would be helpful. That means that the attorneys who were actually representing Patrick Ho had Hunter Biden doing opposition research for them so that they could look into the FBI agents that were actually investigating their client. Now, the oversight uh, director for the Heritage Foundation, Mike Howell, said that a pattern of facts represents another story of a rigged system of justice in America and that by burying these actions, they have created a major national security threat. I have to say I agree with you, Mr. Howell. As the White House and its media puppets continue to gaslight the American people by saying that there is no evidence of corruption in the Biden crime family, we are releasing this memo to add to that rapidly growing body of evidence. I hope that they bring this up in the impeachment trial. Hunter Biden, who might honestly describe his father as a business product and fee collector, was working with multiple individuals connected to Chinese intelligence. And guess what? This memo tells another story of that rigged system of justice in America that is seeking to bury this national security threat. So 
Uh, great job to the people at the Heritage Foundation. I am a, a, a major fan of them. Uh, I want to say thank you to everybody who is in the chat with us currently. Hunter becomes the hunted. Ain't that right? All right. Let me go through the final thank yous over here at uh, pilled.net. Thank you very much to Porpoiseful. Thank you very much to EO2Dave, who said you're muted. Appreciate it. Vector117 says, thank you, Zach. Thank you, Vector. I appreciate you, buddy. Porpoiseful, thank you for the cookie. Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. FilterDog1, thank you for the can. And M the Painter said, Hunter was never a criminal defense attorney as far as I know. Yeah, I think he was barely an attorney at all, and he definitely wasn't a criminal defense attorney. All right, much love to all of you. Vector, Lisa and I were watching your new channel the other day. Uh, Very cool stuff. Make sure you go ahead and drop the link to that. If uh, you guys are not aware, I want to make sure that you are subscribed to Vector because not only is he a handsome devil, he's also an excellent cook. Snowcat Operator says, great to chat with you on the beach, Zach. Uh, You should consider being a showcase model (laughs) on The Price is Right. Yeah, I had to do the uh, showcase modeling of the Tackright binoculars uh, at at GART. And uh, thank you very much. That's exactly the look that I was going for. Uh, was the uh, the showcase showdown? All right, guys, tune in tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern for Brad and I's discussion on the life-altering effects of 9/11 tonight on Altered State on Badlands Media. If you're not, follow me on my website, redpill78news.com. Follow me on Twitter and Truth at redpill78. Follow me on Telegram at the official Red Pill 78 channel. You can see inside uh, information about Lisa and I's. Um, homesteading operation. And finally, before we leave, I just need to give some big shout outs to the final sponsors of tonight's program. And that would, of course, be my friends at onenessdrops.com, where you can pick up your own chlorine dioxide water purification kits. If you use code RP78, you can save 15% off your order and every single order thereafter. Chlorine dioxide is a miracle substance known as the universal antidote. It's incredible at killing a whole host of pathogens and creepy crawlies. It can make dirty water safe to drink. So please consider keeping this in your toolkit, your go bag, your medicine cabinet, whatever it might be. Also, my friends at My Patriot Supply, you can find the link in the description below for both of these websites, but it's preparewithredpill78.com. Right now, you can save $200 off their historic three-month supply of emergency foods. With this three-month emergency food kit, you're talking about over 21 varieties of food, over 2,000 calories per day, tasty breakfast, lunches, and dinners, a whole host of different types of foods, so you're never going to be bored. This is obviously something I believe you should have on hand, not only for yourself, but for every person in your household that you care about. If you've got three people and you only have uh, the ability to purchase one month of emergency food, then just get yourself one of these. If you've got three people and you want to have three months of food, then get three of these. But either way, you save $200 when you purchase. So prepare with redpill78.com. Also, my good friend Mike Lindell at mypillow.com. You can also there use code RP78 to save up to 80% off Mike Lindell's already amazing products. He's got some special sales going on right now, whether it's the original MyPillow, the MyPillow 2.0 with the brand new cooling fabric, uh, the MyPillow mattress topper, or the MyPillow memory foam mattress, or the bath towels, or the beach towels, the bathrobes, or the slippers. Everything that Mike makes is American-made, 
top shelf quality. And when you purchase there, you're not only helping Mike to save the election integrity of the United States, but you are directly supporting Red Pill 78 and this program, Red Pill News. Uh, And then finally, uh, don't forget about my good friends at c60evo.com forward slash Red Pill 78. Uh, Right now, you can order any of their products and use code Red Pill 78 to save a special amount off of every single order. You're going to get 10% off, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, But C60 Evo is an incredible product that produces some amazing results in your body. I encourage you to go back and watch my uh, my interview that I did with the good people from C60 Evo. It was just a couple of weeks back. Uh, We talk about uh, some incredible scientific breakthroughs that are made using this substance. So please check that out. Make up your mind and see if uh, this is something you'd like to do because this is obviously going to be something that would support us here at the channel and then, of course, support my mission to continue to bring you the best news and entertainment that I possibly can. I just want to leave you with this, guys. I know that at times it appears the world is dark and maybe it seems like we're not going to win, but just remember the world did not become dark in an instant. It took time and here now we are working to unmask every single person who seeks to destroy the United States and hopes to uh, turn us into the communist hellhole that they've been trying for. But we are not going to let it happen. It may take time, but we will be successful. Hard times make hard men. And right now we are living in hard times. Good luck, everyone. And God bless. I hope I see you tonight.